Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin has the day off and welcome to one of our special episodes. We are going all the way to Nigeria today to visit with just one of the most amazing women I've met in a long time. Her name is Alex Okoroji and she's a Nigerian actress. She's also a writer, a TV personality, a talk radio host, speaker, author, and self-help motivator. And she has over 10 years of professional experiences as so many things, a reinvention coach, creative entrepreneur, this person personality. She is just so great and she has so much going for her and I'm really excited to bring her on the show today because we are talking about accepting challenges and embracing reinvention and applying creativity. And for those of you that have heard my shows before, we've been on the air I know 3-4 years now, you know that I am a master at reinvention, you know, as a text person. I am Sandra 2.0, 3.0. Now in my 40s, I'm Sandra 4.0. And, you know, life is exciting when we take our great ideas and we apply it to ourselves and we just rock and roll with it. So without further ado, I'm going to bring Alex on because she has got so much to share in this. This is her specialty. This is her passion. I'm so excited to have you on the air with me today. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sandra. Oh, my goodness. You know, I am so excited to be joining you right now all the way from Nigeria in Africa. And I'm starting to think maybe I'm Alex 3.0 or something. I don't know <laughs> exactly what I <laughs> but it But it's such an honor to be here and to share the space with you and your listeners. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And, you know, I want to talk about this like 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 thing because, you know, I'm a software person by nature. I run mm -hmm. a technology company. I have a tech background. And I would sit here working on these iterations of software programs and big ones, big releases, mm -hmm. you know, like when a big release of WordPress or a big release of mm -hmm. Microsoft Word comes out, you know, we have all these little like, you know, 3.1, 3.2, 3.5, 3.7. And I'm like, this is just like calendar years, like a software program ages like a person. And, and mm -hmm. we get better and we kind of wrinkle out the, the bumps and creases we don't like. We apply a few more creases maybe to our face. Um, but it really, human behavior, you know, does really follow software progression. If you have a personal mission of continual improvement, which is something that I hold near and dear. Absolutely. You know, I agree with you. Every day is almost like we're we're evolving, right? So every day is a new day. We're learning something new. We're trying to be better than we were yesterday. And like you said, just like software, you know, we're growing and, and they're growing like us. And besides, I think software, they're created by human beings. So I think we sort of apply a human 
you know, and you know, and a human face or a human attitude to just how we create the things that we create. And we all know how important it is for us to grow, no matter who we are, where we are, where we leave what we're doing to get to where we're going we're definitely going to have to just find different ways to reinvent ourselves so i totally agree with you well and that's what makes life worth living you know mm-hmm. when i see some of my friends alex i came from a real small town a little country town mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and i'm not going to judge anyone because i don't want them mm-hmm. judging me but when mm-hmm. i see some of my friends who wanted to be a nurse when they were five years old and they were a nurse for halloween and then they went to nursing mm-hmm. school and then they were a nurse and they're fully content i just had to like raise a flag going but that didn't work for me you know i mm-hmm. was a college professor in my 20s then i worked for disney then i worked for cbs then i just started to go into real estate and then I got bored mm-hmm. there and then I moved on to you know <laughs> television and then I'm working in radio and then I'm you know yeah. now I'm working heavily in book publishing mm-hmm. I love every minute of it but when people ask me what I do it's really funny I had the hardest time because I couldn't answer them and if I gave people a string of things then it sounded like I was like a jack of all trades master of none, yeah, master so, of none. <laughs> yep. so I came up with this great line actually Linda Franklin my co-host you know who isn't here today came up with it mm-hmm. Sandra, you just say you're growing your multimedia business because that kind of encompasses everything I do. So if people say, well, what does that you know mean? Then I can get into it. But at least I have something like when somebody says I'm a nurse and then they come mm-hmm. to me and I'm like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> I mean, when we wear many hats, you, ha- you have to have had that same feeling at least at one point in your life. Um, Sandra, another one point in my life. I have that feeling almost every day of my life. Like, it is the hardest question to answer. I'm sorry, Alex. I mean, you meet people who you will always meet someone who's meeting, who's sort of meeting you for the first time, who doesn't know who you are. For example, some of your listeners right now, you know, I, I'm all the way in Africa, and you're going to meet people who don't know you, and going to go like, "Sorry, what do you do?" and and it's hard to answer. Like, how do I start to, you know, even you were really not, you're talking, you're introducing me and you go like, oh, you know, she's, you know, she does everything because it pretty much is like, how do you describe yourself? But just like you, I kind of found one word, <laughs> sort of put everything, oh, you know, good. and make it easier for people. And so I started saying I'm an expressionist. Right. And so people call me the queen of expression. And I found something that was sort of like a common denominator in everything that I do which is the fact that I use all these different tools and all these different mediums you know, of, of the media to express myself. So whether I'm expressing myself as an actress in front of the camera or I'm on air on radio or I'm writing, right? You know, what I'm using, you know, the, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm expressing myself. So I kind of found that word and say, oh, you know, I'm an expression. And they go like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a <laughs> because it's easier. Or some people just hold on to one part of what you do. And of course, like here in Nigeria, a lot of people were introduced me as an actress. But then it kind of feels like it's not complete. Like, you know, I don't feel complete because I'm all of, I'm not just an actress. I'm all of these other things. There are other parts of me that kind of fully make Alex, you know, who she is. So, you know, I'm a writer and I do that like I'm reading like my blog has like over how many articles I've been doing like I, I'm pretty much a natural writer I've got I'm an author I've got a book I'm speaking so it's like you're trying to describe someone and it doesn't feel complete so I kind of finally found a word just like you that makes me feel a little <laughs> makes it easier for me well and your so stuff can... is not chump change like we're not talking about like you know mm-hmm. you did like you know the local mm-hmm. you know production of Anne Frank over the bowling alley or you're you know just writing <laughs> on your blog you've got big credits oh. you know, the Huffington Post you know the first African woman in uh, Africa to be featured alongside other powerhouse women Naked Bliss Academy I mean there's some big chunks here 
here that are so much more than what what you know, like when you just say I'm a writer, mm-hmm. well, you know what, you're really an accomplished writer and you're a professional writer, but that's just one of the hats you wear. And kind of as we get older, don't you find like when I, when somebody says, oh, you're a radio host, I'm like, well, yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's like saying I'm a human body and I have blonde hair. Well, you know, I have blue eyes. I got, you know, boobs, I got feet, you know, I've got all these other things to me, um, and I think when we don't fit neatly into a little box, and I'm not going to speak for you, I'm going to speak just for me, because I think a lot of our listeners will identify with this, and you can either confirm or deny. But when you don't fit neatly into a box, there's like this duality in you, which is like, wow, you look at your accomplishments and your awards and go, woo, I can do all these things. And then you're like, yeah, but I don't really fit anywhere. So then it's like, eh. and you know, there's this feeling, it's like a balance in me that I kind of have to... I've got to get some how to embrace all of me and all the things I do, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, you know, I can, I, and I, you know, it's it's weird. I'm going to say this, but I totally 100% agree with you. And I deal with this every day, even with my, you know, like you said. I mean, someone would just say, "Oh, you're a radio host," but you're not just a radio host. You're the host of Power to, you know, Talk Radio, and so many other accomplished shows. Haven't you know interviewed so many amazing, influential people? So it's not just one of those shows right it's the same thing you know even as an actress you know it's not i mean if when i look back at my when i look back at my reel and i think of the people i've worked with here and you know being in the media is not news it's not like i mean you could google and find all sorts of (laughs) random things about because you could be out there and somebody's just talking about you but at the same time it kind of still makes you feel sort of like an outcast in a sense because unlike your colleagues who are probably just actors you're more than just an actor and so you don't really have the time to um sort of leave up just that line because you've got you're doing so many things you're wearing so many hats and you have to be at so many different points of, you know you know so sometimes you know i might be on set filming and the actress has wrapped for the day but the radio host has to get go to work right or, right, or know, the single mom has to go to work or the single mom, exactly work. like you know that's something exactly and as a mom you know i have to get back to work so i don't have a day off like i'm busy like and then i remember i have to write my article for this week on huffington you know like it's monday and then i have to put on my blog you know so you have you constantly be Easy, but at the same time, and you did say that you know you don't fit into a box, and that can make you feel fun, and that can make you feel funny in so many ways. You know, even the fact that you're so accomplished, and the fact that you feel like you've achieved so much, can also be something that scares people, right? Because um, you know, it, it, it can make people feel uncomfortable around you because you're all of a sudden you're worried. There's this pedestal that you've been put on that makes you feel like you're not human and then the expectations are real because you're talented and you know i used to deal with this a lot before i used to say to myself you know yeah when you say you do all this many things and you said that at the beginning it makes you feel like you're a jack of all trade and master no but i tell myself you know i'm a jack of all trade and mistress of many <laughs> or some <laughs> so, you know um you know some because and that good like you know and it's something that we all need to Maybe your listeners, the listeners, you know, start to accept that no, you know, it's not true that you cannot be in good to be, you know, it's not true that you know there's a, there's this saying, oh, you know, people there are people who believe that, you know, if you're invested in so many different things or you're doing so many things, it's because you're not really good at any. That's not true. I mean, you can slay whatever it is you're doing, really, pretty much as long as it's something that you're passionate about, it's something that feels natural to you, and it's something that you enjoy at least for the time that you're doing it. You know, so yeah. 
It is. It's very hard. Um, you know, I need to take us to commercial break, but, you know, I want to honor uh, women today and all the hats we wear, because I think that's one of the things that, you know, really gets to the bottom of it. There's very few women on this that walk this earth that wear only one hat and that, you know, mm-hmm. take their hat off and put their feet up and, and watch TV mm-hmm. the rest of the night, you know, by themselves. I mean, there's really mm-hmm. not that much. So I'm visiting here with Alex Okoroji, and you can find her at Alex Okoroji. That's O-K-O-R-O-J-I. I.me. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about women's issues and how we can wear many hats and do it with style. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. some fun facts about noses and ears I'll bet you didn't know. Did you know your ears secrete more earwax when you're afraid than when you aren't? And generally people with asthma have better hearing than those who don't. Now here's a word for you. When someone gets their ears pierced, they're actually piercing their pinna. The pinna is the fleshy part of the earlobe. Did you know it's possible to sneeze so hard you can break a rib? That happened to my husband's secretary once. And according to research, you'll blow your nose 250 times this year. Scientists have also determined that the smell in your right nostril is more pleasant, while the smell in your left nostril is more accurate. By the way, twice as many men as women can wiggle their ears. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio. Linda Franklin has the day off. We are visiting today with Alex Okoroji, and we're talking about accepting challenges and embracing reinvention and using our creativity to do it. Now, challenges. Alex, I always feel it's good to, like, put the challenges out on the table so we can, you know, pick them (laughs) apart like crows and pull their bones apart and see what, you know, see what we can do with them. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the challenges as we 
um, gosh, when we're successful women, when we're uh, mothers, when we've got everything going on, you know, we talked about like, you know, how when the day ends, it's just another job begins. And it's really fulfilling and wonderful. And, you know, we pack a lot into our days. I'm sure you cram a lot in. I know I do. But accepting the challenges um, also means that we kind of have to be in the right frame of mind to do this. We don't want to accept the challenge necessarily because of fear. We don't want to accept it because we don't have any other option right now. We really want to step forward and embrace the challenge. And there was a time in my life recently for like a year and a half that I was like, you know, Alex, I've written the book. I've been on the radio. I've been on TV. I I ran my charities. I built this. I did that. I kind of like went through my bucket list. And I'm like, what's next? What's left? <laughs> Yeah, and I thought, not that I achieved everything in my lifetime, but but there was this feeling of like, I just have done everything for the last 40 years for everyone around me. And when it came to thinking about what can I do for me, I didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's and you say that because that 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 is something that, um, you know, like you said, successful women or maybe even aspiring women who, you know, are aspiring to be successful or no, actually successful women deal with. And, you know, I've been there as well. You know, you wake up and you say you do. Sometimes you forget the things you've achieved and then you realize you've done this. You know, you worked with this person. You've been there. You've been there. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you've achieved everything that you want, but it feels like, you know, that list, that initial list that you put together, you sort of ticked all, you know, ticked the boxes. But then you now have to sort of find a way to, like you said, you know, sometimes you can have 2.11, right? Or 2.12, right? So you might still be on 2.1 or 2.12, right? And create a B, you know, how you can create it and say, okay, so I'm doing this right now, but what can I, how can I take this one thing that I'm doing right now or this, or these 10 different things that I'm doing right now and take them to the next level and probably go into an area or a niche or somewhere that I haven't been Right. So for me, for example, let me use myself as an example. I remember that when I first and speaking about challenges, I did have one very challenging point in my life. Um, I, you know, I, I was an actress um, booking jobs and being on every television. You know, I was probably on several television shows at the same time. So opera at the same time doing movies here and all of that. And then, you know, I met someone I got married to another actor from another from another African country. And, you know, Fast track to that, we got married, and then fast track, and I had a child, right? And so all of a sudden, I was a new mom. My body had changed. I was no longer that kind of like the sex symbol, you know, the actress that everyone, you know, I'd put on a bit of weight. And then somewhere along that line, my relationship was breaking down. So my marriage wasn't walking. I moved back home to Nigeria, and then I'd moved back home with a six-month-old baby, and Who's going to book, you know, an actress who was a little overweight with a six-month-old baby? And honestly speaking, at that time, I didn't really have – I wasn't even in the right mindset to even – I was just frustrated with so many things. Sure. And while, you know, while trying to think of how I was going to raise my child by myself as a single mom and still maintain my – and then worrying about the media because, of course, you know, everyone was talking. Oh, you know, like all those actresses that never came. But here's the thing. I said to myself, you know, what are these other skills? that I have? What are these other things? I didn't even know how I was going to introduce myself. Should I introduce myself using my mating name or my married name or you know what? And somehow one of the things that I did eventually was 
be naked with myself, be honest, be truthful with myself. I had to have that real talk with myself. And I said, you know what, what is the one thing you want to do? What is the one reason why you've been doing everything, you know, that you've done the things that you've done so far? And that reason was because I wanted to impact people. But here's the thing. I did not want to only impact people in my country. I didn't want to impact people in Africa. I wanted to impact people around the world. Was I doing that? Not really. And if I hadn't really asked myself, I may have thought I was doing everything that I wanted to do, which was the fact that I was in, you know, in the news every week and I was booking jobs and I you know, was a celebrity. But who knew me? You know, it was just people in my country. So what, what am I saying? Back to 2.1 or 2.11 is that I now had to look back at some of the things I had. Yes, I've been writing, I've written you know, screenplays for films that won awards and stuff like that. But how can I take that writing, that same writing that I've been doing? And put it out there in a, in a, you know, that it can reach more people outside my own comfort zone or outside my own community. And that's where, you know, being challenging yourself, you know, comes in. Right. So I decided, OK, how was I going to meet more people, people, amazing people like you and collaborate with more people and learn from them and do stuff with them so that I'm going and trying to impact people not just from my own community but outside my community so i don't know if you get to experience maybe you think of ways that you as well try to do maybe the same thing that you've been doing but doing it in a different way than you've always done it well what i think it is like and you know and it 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 it, it was identified to me by somebody and you know, i went through something similar with my divorce mm-hmm. and raising my kids you know real young mm-hmm. by myself and things like that and gaining weight and you know that's what mm-hmm. led actually to my radio career because you know i thought well i could do radio i don't want to be in front of the camera because as, mm-hmm. as my ex-husband pointed out to all of our friends she really let herself go um <laughs> you know but what i realized somebody wrote in to me and he said you know, and some guy, I don't even know who he was, Alex. And he said, you know, he goes, I used to watch you at CBS as a, a, a pretty girl. And he goes, you were a really mm-hmm. pretty girl. And he goes, and I was like, I was just starting to cringe. I was waiting for here. Like, wow, you really packed on the pounds mm-hmm. or wow. You're, you know, I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, but I, I saw you recently and you've grown into a gorgeous woman. And mm-hmm. the thing is, I'm going to say the same thing you, to you, Alex, because I saw your pictures when you were younger. And yeah, you were a very pretty girl. You were a hot, pretty girl, but you've grown into a gorgeous woman. And part of that transition from pretty girl to gorgeous woman meant bringing all these other mm-hmm. things on your radio, your speaking, mm-hmm. your books, your charity, like all these things that make us full bodied. And it's so funny because like okay and then we're full-bodied women so (laughs) you're like why would I expect you know and I kind of had this argument with myself why would I expect myself to look like I'm 20 years old again at 20 years old I was I was a body and I was a face and I get that Uh and I was good at that but I didn't have all the richness I have now so you know it was really like this kind of come to Jesus that I had to have with myself going I'm not 20 years old, but at, Mm -hmm. you know, 40 something doesn't mean that I'm, I've gone backwards in time. Mm -hmm. And that's where that whole software thing came from. And when we create software, we add new parts of ourselves. And, you know, I, I honor how you felt when you had your baby and you, you had to go back home and, and, you know, almost that's where another iteration of Alex came, that reinvention, that starting Mm -hmm. over. And I have a, a book that I'm working on, so I hope nobody rips off my title, but go ahead, whatever. <laughs> but I call it Bouncing the Style because, mm-hmm. you know, we're back, we're reinventing ourselves, but we're not starting from scratch. 
And that's the one thing when you do reinvent yourself, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I've got a friend who's 90 who's reinventing herself. She's decided she wants to paint. And I'm like, rock out. Like, keep reinventing yourself. Um, But we're not starting from scratch when we reinvent ourselves. You carried forward a lot from your – like. You couldn't go out and do speaking today if you hadn't had experience in front of the camera. You know, you those skill sets carried forward. There's so many skill sets that carried forward for you, I'm sure. Absolutely. And, you know, I agree with you. Like you said, when you're reinventing yourself, you're not really starting from scratch. You're actually moving forward. You're just taking, you know, you're going from where you are right now and sort of working that up a little. Like you said, you're bouncing of that and taking yourself to, some, you know, to the next to the next phase or to the next level. And that, you know, that did for me. So it wasn't like, oh, you know, I was truth is, you know, I started a lot of things like, you know, I started doing my radio show and I started my blog and I started writing my book and you know, the first set of people who were interested in all those things were people who were my fans as an actress. So it wasn't like, you know, or my friends or family or people that I already knew. So it wasn't really like, really, you're starting all over again. It was really just you going into a new word, a new feather, you know, going to a new, uh, like a butterfly, like sort of like metamorph, you know, metamorphize. And you said something, you said something that someone has said to me as well. And not just someone, like a couple of people have said it and they were like, you know what? I like this new you. You know, I like that you have a, you put on a little bit of the pounds, you know, you're not as skinny as, you know, like a woman. Right. So, um, I agree with you when you say that. And I say that to myself. I don't even feel like I want to be as the way that I was like a year, like years back. Like, I don't actually, I feel like right now I'm owning that. I like where I am. I'm feeling comfortable with that. And I think that's what, you know, when we say that we have to embrace challenges is we have to see the good in it. Right. We have to see that we have to be, you know, we have to believe that something positive is always going to come from something. Now, I was writing, you know, I was just writing something and then I, I and I thought about it. You know, I, there was a time when I thought, you know, aging was what brought wisdom, but I realized that it's experience that actually brings wisdom and not aging. And so all of those experiences that we have, whether it's in our career or our personal life and whether even if it's challenges, we must always see those challenges as another experience, you know, that, you know, can take us can give us lessons, lessons that would be beneficial for us. I think you're right on. I mean, it's so important that we, when, as we get older, um, you know, that we really, we have to monitor our thoughts. We have to think about, because our bodies do change and our lives do change. You know, not everybody has, you know, the same relationship in their 40s that they had in their 20s and not everybody has the same number of kids or dogs or books or Mm -hmm. whatever it is Mm -hmm. some people peak at 20 and then they go through a trough and maybe they you know have Mm -hmm. to come up from you know they have to come off of a high and and Mm -hmm. and battle themselves back or they have to battle themselves up the mountain for what they want to achieve or or accomplish or have in their life now we're visiting today with alex okoroji her website is alex a-l-e-x okoroji is spelled o-k-o-r-o-j-i dot me it's a great site you're going to want to check it out you can you can learn a lot you can you can see what she has to say she's got a lot of really good things for women's empowerment so if you're feeling down go to her website you're going to see her beautiful smile you can't not (laughs) smile in response to it um when we come back from the break we're going to talk about navigating change because Mm -hmm. change is one thing that we're certain of that's going to happen in our life and some changes happen because we choose them other changes happen to us and there's not much we can do about it um Mm -hmm. but we're going to talk about this when we come back from break alex okoroji this is sandra beck from powered up talk radio we'll be back after the break 
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. weird weekend relaxing and reading through mental floss when I came across these rip-roaring R-words. I recognized a few of them, such as the old 18th century Scottish word ramfieselt, which means fatigued or exhausted. A couple more great R-words are ruckatly tuckatly, meaning crumpled or gathered up and ruched. Ruched is commonly used today to describe a flattering blouse or top. Rabbity is a 16th century word for an innocent fool, while Raffle Coppin is a rash, impetuous person, or maybe just somebody that gets carried away with our words. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. The League of Women Voters reminds you that on Election Day, we are all equal. Please join your friends and neighbors by registering to vote and going to the polls November 8th. Visit www.vote411.org to find out who will be on your ballot and how the voting process works in your community. This election is about our future. And we all need to weigh in. Hey! Oh, (laughs) sorry. I I had something caught in my throat. I'm like, hey, ladies, this is Sandra from Powered Up Talk Radio. I think I'm losing my voice, Alex, and this is not good because i got five hours of recording to do today. Um, But we're going to talk today about change. And, you know, there are changes that happen in our life that we can kind of predict. Like I can see Uh as I get older, there's kind of little change walking around my face and stamping, especially around (laughs) my eyes. Um, But then there's also changes that happen because we didn't do anything. You know, spouses Uh leave, spouses die, um, friends betray you. I mean, they're usually... You know, changes that we're most impacted by are usually not good ones. Um, And Alex, you you know, you went through a divorce with very young children. I went through a divorce with very young children. And it wasn't necessarily my choice. You know, I would have continued to work hard at my marriage. And it came to a point where there was like, okay, there is no choice. Like it wasn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a choice for me either way. And I felt like this choice was made for me. And maybe God was pushing me forward. I don't know. I think so. I like to think so. Because you hate to think you go through any trauma um, mm-hmm. in a relationship for nothing. But there were times uh, that I would look around and I would see these happy, intact families. And I'd be there with my double stroller and, you know, with the cooler on my back. And my favorite thing, Alex, was go to movie night in the park with all the other families. And then I'd be putting my blanket down and some husband and wife were fighting and the kids were fighting and I was there with my happy little like single unit <laughs> I know but I would like revel in fighting because I felt so bad sometimes that I was the only one and I know with 50% divorce rate that I'm not the only one but I felt like it at the time 
You know what, Sandra? I can totally, I understand what you're saying because when we go through these things, you know, we, we think, um, like you said, that we're the only ones, and especially with social media, with everybody putting up, you know, great, um, putting up their best, you know, their, their, their perfect life and everyone's happy and everyone's booed up and everyone is in their, you know, happy place and with the most perfect partner or the most perfect life it's hard you know that sort of puts the strain on even you know the most confident person but yes i have been through that you know when i went through my own um you know at first it started as separation and then it became you know divorce you know (laughs) the truth is like you said i mean you know these things just happen like i don't think it wasn't a deli it wasn't like deliberate at first it wasn't like something that i thought was even going to be you know i i thought at some point we'll probably make up in a way you know you just have those but it got to the point that i told myself you know what this is final um and really because like you said i didn't have a choice you know it was either i was going to be in a situation and maybe one day not be alive or get hurt or or just, you know, move on with my life and figure out how to sort of start all over. And having been in a relationship where, you know, I was abused emotionally and verbally and even physically, I mean, you know, it happened twice. I was, I, when I, the first time I was kicked in my stomach, I think my baby was, I just had my baby. He was two months and I had a cesarean. So I had a C-section. I wasn't even healed yet. You know, my baby was just eight weeks and I was kicked, you know, in my stomach. And so, and then the second time it was almost like, you know what? I, I don't think, I don't feel like I need to see this, you know, 20 other times before I sort of, right. it, you know, and that's the problem because we feel like, you know, it's okay. You know, my couples know, you know, if somebody cares about you and they're, comfortable we're hurting you i mean who hits a you know a new like who who does that to like you know a new mother like really my baby's just eight weeks so um those are the things but every day having to deal with someone who not only was he was reaping you off your self-esteem and your confidence i mean and i would say to myself how could out of everyone, you know, out of all the men in the world who, you know, all the people I knew that would come at me and say, hey, you know, I, how could I end up with this one? Like, how did I make that sort of mistake? You know, I, I was blaming myself for everything. Like, you know, I sorry, I feel like I was dumb. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. I, bla- I took the mantle of responsibility for the whole marriage on my own shoulders and took it as my own personal failure. Mm-hmm. You know, talk about, you know, boundary issues and not knowing. But, you know, that's part of it. That's part of what gets, you know, people into these relationships is they they do take on things that aren't theirs. They take on the responsibility of what's not theirs and they hold on to it. And, you know, it's funny when I... I I had a really hard time, Alex, knowing like what was my fault and what wasn't my mm-hmm. fault because I just it was easier mm-hmm. just to take it all on. You know, I agree with you. Like, and it was so weird. Like, I couldn't talk to anyone. And again, in the African culture, we don't really have that culture of having to sit in front of a shrink or a psychologist and talk about your problems. So you're basically dealing with your issues by yourself. And then you know. For me, it was even a lot harder because I was afraid to talk to anybody. And I, w- I could talk to someone and it could be front page news the next week, you know, right. in front of the papers. And, and people were talking already, you know, there's this, now that, you know, there's this belief that actresses and, you know, entertainers don't keep their relationships and their marriages. And, and you know, again, in the African culture, the woman kind of takes the blame for if your marriage doesn't work, 
they don't care that you know the man might have been a jerk or something. It's really your fault because maybe you're too ambitious. Maybe if you were constantly in the kitchen twenty four seven, he won't. Leave. You know, there's always you know they're just oh all my of this gosh. Pret- well, that's that's over here too. I mean, I heard that through Scuttlebutt. You know, it's like well, she was probably mm-hmm. never home. She was working all mm-hmm. the time. Of course, mm-hmm. he would meet someone else. Of course, mm-hmm. he would do this. Of course, he felt intimidated because she's mm-hmm. so much successful than him. And I was like sitting here going, really? It's like I already take all this on. Now I got to take this on too. That was the camel's straw or broke the back or whatever for me was then when people started pointing fingers and it's like, yeah, but you know, I was the one who made our life possible. I was the one who Mm -hmm. paid our bills. I was the Mm -hmm. one stable and home all the time. And, Mm -hmm. you know, pulled my company into my house so I could be home all the time. And it's Mm -hmm. like, why didn't people point fingers at the other party going, well, you never accomplished anything. You were just running around chasing skirt and tail. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but we didn't hear any of that. It was all somehow my fault. And that was really hard for me. I don't, you know, you had the same thing and it was just might be different culture, different scenario, Mm -hmm. but same problem. Yes, you know, we're, like I said, we're, sim- you know, women, it's so funny how, you know, like you said, we may be in different parts of the world and doing different things, but we're really similar at the core of it. And it's weird that we, t- maybe it's because of how, I don't know what it is, but somehow we take on all of these responsibilities. And that was what I was dealing with. It was like, if you're a man, you get a whole pass. Like, you get a pass, you can pretty much do anything you want and have concubines and children and girlfriends right, and mistresses and everything. Because you're awesome. a man, you know, exactly. Yeah. It's okay for you, but for a woman... You know, if it doesn't work, what did you do? Like, it's your fault. Like, what did you do? It has to be your fault for something that's it. And so because of that, I, you know, what happened was I remember one time, you know, not one time, a couple of times I would go out, you know, to an event and I would be on the red carpet. And then, you know, the journalists or, you know, the press, they would ask, oh, hi, Mrs. Alex. How was your wedding? You know, how's your husband? How's marriage? How's this? And I would lie. I was lying. And I'll go, oh, we're fine. We're great. We're good. And I did that like, you know, six, seven times. Oh and my I God, I did that end. for years, Alex. <laughs> years. I would go out you into know, the public and be this success mm-hmm. and come home to this nightmare and I'd lie through my teeth. You know, and I was doing that. And not only was I doing that to just because of myself as well, I was also doing that to protect my family. You know, I have a, you know, very, my father is in the same industry and famous. And then you're worried about just how your issues, I mean, they are worried about how your issues are rubbing off on them in public, right? So everyone is lying. And I'm going to, the, at a point, I stopped going out. You know, it was more like, I don't want to go out because I don't want anybody to ask me any questions. Exactly. And I don't want to I don't want to have to lie and I don't want to answer any questions. And I got to be the queen of deferral. In fact, one of the guys I dated after I got got divorced and I've known mm-hmm. him 20 years and we're still great friends. He gave me the name, the queen of deferral. And he's like, Sam, <laughs> I've never seen anybody do this as well as you. We'd be at a dinner party and somebody would say, well, you know, how old are your kids? And, you know, oh, and then like, is so-and-so the dad or, you know, it would come up, not, not, they wouldn't ask that bluntly, mm-hmm. but, you know, and I would, I could just really definitely put the conversation back on them. If they asked me how old my kids were, I would ask them if they had any kids. If they asked me <laughs> about something, I would just ask them a question back. And, you know, most people, People don't pick up on that. They just answer the mm-hmm. question. They have no idea that you didn't answer. And he would sit there at a dinner party going, he's like, that's 15, that's 16. He goes, you have successfully deferred, you know, 16 questions, personal questions. But I kind of became bulletproof and an enigma. And it really affected, though, my personal relationships, because I found that when I put that persona on in public, that it was very hard for me to let my guard down in person. And I just got to the point where... 
when somebody asked me how I was doing, I couldn't even answer it. I just had something, mm-hmm. well, you know, like, oh, good, how are you doing? And it was just immediate, you know, and the queen of deferral came out and she, but she came out in my personal life too. And with my family and friends. And that was, that was hard. That was hard to relearn. That, you know, that is. And, but, you know, that's also where I had to, at some point, try and try to find some sort of a balance or some way to deal with it. Cause I can, I would say to myself, I can't do this forever. Like, you know, I'm not going to go out because I, I'm worried about people asking me questions and me having to lie or not wanting to answer or not wanting to be rude or not wanting to make the other person look bad. But you know, the, you know, or just allow people to define me or define the situation. You know, I was worried about those things and sure. which is why I started, you know, I start, and then I decided, you know, first of all, you know, it took me having to journal. So I said, okay, you know, I'm going to start writing down how I feel because I can't really talk to anybody. I don't even trust anybody. You know, I don't trust sharing this with anybody. So no. I put it down. But then after a while, I was like, you know, I take a bold step, you know, do something. And I put it out there. So I put it out there on Facebook. And, you know, the reaction was, 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 was really surprising you know i was waiting for people to go like you know how can you be talking about you know how can you share this how can you talk about this but rather people were more surprised and some people could relate with what i was going through some said oh you know i know someone who's been through this oh you know my sister went through that or my cousin or i know someone in my job you know and so I became more accessible and real to them. I was no longer this actress who was on some sort of a pedestal. I became a real human being and, you know, putting my flaws out there. So, you know, what? this has happened. This is my challenge. These are the things that I went through. These are the things that, you know, I'm not ashamed anymore, you know, to put it out. And which is where, you know, the whole naked, um, you know, the philosophy came from just being honest and stripping yourself and revealing yourself, revealing everything, whether it is revealing your spackle, you know, the things that are great about you, like your talents and your skills. And those, you know, I had certain skills that were dominant. You know, how many people knew that, you know, I could, you know, you were just an actress, but how many people knew that you could, you know, talk and speak and coach and, you know, do other things? How many people knew that those screenplays could one day become, you know, an award-winning you know, could become a book and become other things because you had all those, you know, all those skills or you had all those, you know, all that talent and, and, and gifts. And so the truth is we go through those changes, but somehow they set us up for something even bigger. Like if I hadn't gone through that, what are the chances I would be here talking to you right now, Sandra? Well, I'm right. I wouldn't be talking to you if I hadn't gone <laughs> through it. And, you know, I want to, I got to take us to commercial break, but I want to raise a point mm-hmm. that somebody raised on a, a blog post many years ago. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, everybody is a celebrity in their own small way. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a mm-hmm. small town and you're the one that's getting the ugly divorce or you're the one whose husband's <laughs> cheated on you, it doesn't matter if you're a big celebrity or living in a small mm-hmm. town, the feelings are the same. Now, when we come yeah. back from the break, Alex and I are going to talk more about navigating change and how to take change and make it work for you. Alex Okoroji, Sandra Beck, Powered Up Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more Powered Up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages.
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose weight, we know that each day we need to burn more calories than we take in through eating, and exercise burns more calories. According to Discovery Health, a 150-pound person will burn about 60 calories while taking a one-hour nap. One hour of sitting and watching television burns about the same. But if that 150-pound person takes a one-hour brisk walk, then say goodbye to more than 250 calories. Cardio exercise like running, biking, swimming, and brisk walking are the best modes of exercise to burn the highest amount of calories and will get the endorphins flowing in your body. Those feel-good neurotransmitters boost your mood naturally. So use exercise to burn calories, lose weight, and to feel good. I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. It's words you never heard. Recently, while my family was skiing in Colorado, we were greeted by a red fox that darted out of the trees. This beautiful animal with his big bushy tail just stood in the snow and stared right at us. Maybe he smelled all the loverwort we had in our pockets. Loverwort is another word for junk and snack food. Typically, a red fox eats scrub and woodland, but this one appeared to have had his share of hamburgers and hot dogs from the chalet grill. Foxes are similar to dogs, except they are not pack animals. The female fox, or vixen, typically gives birth to a litter of 2 to 12 pups. When they are young, they all live together as a family, known as a leash of foxes. Once grown, the young foxes leave the burrow and go out to live on their own. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Powered Up Talk Radio, and I'm here with Alex Okoroji, and we're talking now about how to make life changes work for you. Now, Alex, when I went through my life change and my marriage fell apart, I went through a foreclosure. I went through a very ugly public divorce. My husband was having an affair with a local woman in town, and everybody knew her and him, and they were very public. It was like the biggest epic shameful failure that I had ever really encountered in my life, and I wrote about it and I wrote about it and there was one day when I figured out, you know what, I can't live in shame and silence and darkness anymore. So I wrote about it and I published it and I didn't just publish it like, you know, on my own little blog. I Mm -hmm. published it in some really big uh, journals online (laughs) and it went everywhere. And, you know, a couple people, there was some pushback. They're like, oh my God, aren't Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're hurting your children by talking about this. You know, you're Mm -hmm. really embarrassing yourself. There was like three or four snippies like Mm -hmm. that. But the By and large, the majority of it was huge, huge response. And I will never forget a guy in Iowa, 70 years old, wrote me. He had been married for, he got divorced at 68, and his wife had had an affair with his best friend for 40 years, and he felt his whole life was a lie his children with soccer games that there they were in this secret relationship the whole time and he thought they were all having fun he felt so stupid and his grown children said you know dad you got to go to therapy you got to talk about this well he didn't know what to say and he wrote me a letter saying I read your blogs I read your articles I listened to your radio shows and he goes I want to thank you because you gave words to the feelings I couldn't express and That was a big turning point for me, Alex, because I realized that 
you know, when we live in shame and darkness and we allow these changes to knock us down and whether it's post-traumatic stress from an event, you know, from a soldier Mm -hmm. facing or a a serviceman or woman Mm -hmm. facing to a car accident, to a divorce, to the death of a child or a spouse, like we keep this bottled up. It hurts everyone, not just us. It hurts everyone around Mm -hmm. us and it hurts the world. And so when I opened up like my scabbed for everybody to see, and I was so ashamed, Alex, I was so nervous. I couldn't sleep the whole night before these articles launched. And I thought I was going to be sick because you can't recall it. Once you put it out there, (laughs) you put it out there. But the response was overwhelming and it resulted in my radio career, my book career, my speaking career. So many things, so many doors opened for that one door that slammed shut. You know, Sandra, it's just so weird how, you know, we have very similar experiences, but it's true. But I also think that, you know, the listeners need to understand that this is something that, you know, this is real and this is something that they can apply to if they're stuck in that situation and don't know what to do. And it really isn't about, you know, sometimes we care so much about society and society has these expectations, you know, of how we're all supposed to be and behave and react. And there's this unspoken a belief that you know perfection exists but the truth is perfection is a myth and so we're all going to experience challenges and nothing is always going to go the way that we expect it plan but we're going to have to figure our way out and you know what you said that you you know you did is what i did too it's weird i started journaling because like i said there was nobody i could tell and so i started writing i would just write you know this thing about how i you know, feel and just my thoughts about relationships and, you know, my experience. And I put it out there on Facebook. That was the first thing I did. I put it on Facebook and just the reaction was um, really good. And just like you, there are a few people who are going to go like, you're an actress. You shouldn't be presenting yourself like this. You know, you have a child, you know, you, you should care about what happens to you in the future. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, but the truth is more people relate could relate with what I was going through and that helped me to heal because I was a real human being I now realize that I wasn't alone and there are people I was you know being a voice for even the people who couldn't speak the people who were afraid to share their own pain and put themselves out there because they're worried about judgment the fact that I was able to do that for them and not be not feel embarrassed you know by the fact that I was putting all my whatever out there gave them the strength to be able to deal with it. I mean, if the actors are going to do that, then, you know, so it it was more like I had empowered them and I would get emails and replies and comments and things. And somehow, and, you know, people would say, you know, how would anyone leave, you know, a woman like you? And how would anyone do this and do that? You're such a strong woman for raising a child. And those encouragements, those words were like, bomb. you know, yes, you know, it it didn't happen overnight, but those words every day, it almost felt to me like I now had a community and I, I now have people. I now realize that I wasn't alone. Well, at least I wasn't the only one going through what I you know, had gone through. And so sometimes we have to not be afraid to bear ourselves, to reveal ourselves, to put ourselves out there. I, I, say, you know, I, I say to people that sometimes when we lie, right, and when we cover up and we lie and we do those things, we do that because we're afraid. Um, we're afraid to lose you know, something. Or someone but when we tell the truth we're really you know afraid to lose ourselves and so you want to be at the point where you know for me I got tired of having to cover up and lie because I was losing myself and I no longer could recognize who I really was and the potentials that I had but the moment I put myself out there it was almost like I was getting closure 
you know, of some sort. And I needed to get into the next phase of my life. And that, like you said, that created a career for me because now people wanted my views. They wanted my opinion, you know, and then, you know, all of a sudden you realize you have all this amazing wisdom that came out from something that you had experienced. Well, and, you know, it's one of those things where, right, you you need people like here's the thing. It's like you're probably like I was where I would bust my tail just to be mm-hmm. successful. Like a, 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 mm-hmm. a, a B wasn't good enough. I needed to get an mm-hmm. A or an A plus. And mm-hmm. if I was doing something, I wanted it to be the best. So mm-hmm. I was willing to work for it. I wasn't sitting around and expecting to be the best. Mm-hmm. I was willing to really push forward. So when this happened to me, it was the first kind of big epic fail that I had ever encountered. And so I really didn't know what to do with it because I hadn't really failed. I mean, I failed a couple of classes. I failed a couple of relationships, but it wasn't like one of these big epic life failures. And when you have a lot of other things going for you and you don't have that toolkit or that experience in that and you got to kind of learn it all at once but the thing that happens is you realize how much you need other people you realize how much we all need validation i don't care if you're you know brad Mm -hmm. pitt getting dumped everybody needs validation (laughs) um it doesn't matter. The other things didn't matter. It didn't matter that I had 30 mm-hmm. green competitions. It didn't matter mm-hmm. that I had all these degrees and awards. It, mm-hmm. didn't, it just didn't matter. I felt wholly and completely unlovable. And mm-hmm. that's normal. Like, you know, when I do a lot of shows for the military, and when we talk about post-traumatic stress and people are like, oh, well, you know, you come back from combat and you're different. And I'm always like, well, Duh. You go through a divorce, you're different. You go to war, you're different. You go to, you know, your kid's school and you get bullied. Guess what? That kid's going to be different. Life happens Mm -hmm. to us and we are different. Now, does it mean different bad? No. Exactly. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be. It can. And you can choose that route and you can choose not to get support and help and go down that route. But at the end of the day, life happens to us, whether it's a divorce, it's a war, it's a, um, you know, a lawsuit, it's a, an accident, a car accident or a, or a fatality. You know, you can have a friend die. And mm-hmm. I had some of my friends die. Moms, mommies died this um, this summer for me. Uh, Kathy, I want to honor her, and Twig, I want to honor her. You know, these women were in their early 40s. They were young and healthy. One had a blood thing, and the other one had cancer that was undetected and took her life within three months. And I'll tell you, I'm not the same that I was in, uh, let's see, Kathy died in July, and Twig died recently. So I'm not the same person I was. And those were events that happened, but they didn't happen to me, Alex. But I'm Mm -hmm. different as a result of that knowledge. It's like I don't take my health so much for granted. I I value my body more, even though there's extra pounds, at least it's alive. And I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful, you know, and I look at my kids and go, when they're mean to me, I fired back. It's like, well, you know what, at least I'm here. And if Mm -hmm. I'm not here, you know, we don't want to get in this habit of battling because there might be a day sooner rather than later that I'm not here. You know, it gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. So kind of recognizing that whatever we go through changes us and that we kind of have to ride through the changes. Like my friend used to tell me, he was my divorce coach. He'd been divorced three times. He's like, I'm an expert. And he said, just breathe through the changes. He said, yes, you're going to feel different. Cause I was, I was married 10 years. So that was a long time for me. And I had kind of identified myself as a wife and mother. And all of a sudden I was 
And so I didn't know how to label myself. And I think we get a lot of comfort in our labels, whether it's actress or radio mm-hmm. host or author mm-hmm. or wife mm-hmm. and mother. And now I'm just mm-hmm. a mother. And, and mm-hmm. so I think I had to breathe into that new life. And I think anyone going through it in the trenches right now, whether it's post-traumatic stress from whatever, um, you got to breathe through it. You know, you just said something that stuck out for me and there, you know, that just totally, you know, flashed, like beamed before me. And that was uh, the fact that you said that we get stuck in our labels. And that's so true, you know, and sometimes we even worry when we lose it. Right. So you could be best selling author right now. And a few years down the line or a few months down, like you're no longer best selling author. You know, one is even reading your books anymore. And you're worried about not being represent you know presented that way because that has been your identity now for those you know for but I, what i've realized is that you know yes i i did say at the beginning of the show that you know when someone says actress or says this or says that you know i feel like there's just so many different elements about me that i no longer even care anymore you know which one of it that you can relate to which one you know you know because i am alex and i'm all of these different you know complicated things but you did say something and for us to be able to effectively like manage change and embrace, you know, challenge and reinvention is that we have to find, you know, different ways not to get stuck on those labels, whether you're a miss or a missus, right? Or whatever it is, your your career or your mom or you know, the people who were parents and God forbid they lost their child. Maybe they had only one and for a reason they're no longer that. You know, those things and what happens to you when you go through those kind of traumatic uh, moments in your life. So um, you know, we have to constantly like you said, you know, constantly find ways to just, you know, create that balance and just embrace whatever and enjoy, you know, at least enjoy, you know, even if it's hard, but see, see, um, just the lessons, the positive lessons that will come out from those situations. So, well, yeah. And the new normal, you know, on my military show, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about a new normal, a family moves, mm-hmm. a, a father, a mother, you know, goes to serve overseas and comes back. There's lots of adjustment that happens. So mm-hmm. I guess if nothing else today, Alex and I would like to wish everyone listening today, if you're going through something, know that eventually it will resolve itself one way or the other and you'll get to your new normal and you will feel normal again you'll be different and you'll be i think better and you'll be stronger but you will get there alex and i are living proof and if you're a single mom out there alex and i send you special wishes and special hugs because we know how tough and lonely that job can be despite Mm -hmm. all the support we give um we're giving some validation to you from alex and i this is sandra beck at powered up talk radio alex okoroji you can find her at alex O-K-R-O-J-I AlexOkoroji.com We'll be back again next week with more Powered Up Talk Radio. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and